Okay, now that you're done doing your family secrets, I think it. Okay. Yeah. He, Gym he, secrets. He's like a character in a certain Agnes Varda movie that I don't want to say a name of, but. Ugh. Yeah, Joel, you know what I'm talking about. We did an episode Probably. on it. Uh, Amanda picked, picked it. Oh, okay. Yeah. What movie was that again? <laughs> I'm not going to say in case Mel hasn't okay. seen the movie. All right. Mel, have you seen that movie? I doubt I've seen it. Okay. Jeez. I know. All it my is cinema on, blind it, spots. It is on Criterion Channel. I do have access to the Criterion Channel. It's a great service. Oh, but we so, can't know the name of the movie. Yeah. Uh, tell Nolan to check his email because I emailed him about an upcoming episode. Okay. He, uh, yeah. yeah, I will. I don't yeah. know if he checks his email ever. That's a good point. I will tell him. Yeah, because I talked to the other person who who is going to be on episode, and he's easily available. And Nolan, I remember, took a long time to reply to uh, shit when we were working out the. We talked to him like two years ago. Yeah, his um, I think his oh, well, I know his schedule just changed, so he's he's more easily available in the evenings now. So shouldn't be too bad. But I'll I'll yell at him. Okay. Yeah. He picked a fucking Godard movie, which great. I I'm I'm, I'm tired of feeling neutral slash neutral but slightly annoyed watching well, you, Godard. You don't have to feel like that on this episode because I know that you loved it because this is an yeah. action classic from the '90s and one of the action holy trinities of Nicolas Cage. This was the most bombastic. It was one more bombastic than I remembered. It's yeah, it's out of control. I I had rewatched this recently, but I it's I mean it never gets old. Yeah, it's great. There's well, there's there's one kind of '90s element that's kind of gross. It's like oh, it's it's not great, but like it's yeah. not the worst. And part of me is expecting oh '90s. They might say the F word. The other F no. word I should say. But- yeah, but the but, the thing that's bad is still pretty bad. Yeah, but still, like, hey, they then uh, it's not that homophobic. I'm I was kind of surprised. Yeah. 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 Nobody's like, get away from me. Like this, that person's part of the team, which is. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, no, that's true. It was, it was lazy, but it wasn't like you know. For ninety-seven, wor- <laughs> is, is they're doing what they, doing what they could, I guess. Series 4, Episode 1, Con Air. This was Melanie's randomized pick, just in case you didn't know what movie we were talking about. <laughs> I had a bigger problem with the way Ving Rhames character was represented, because they're like, you know, he's doing all this political assassination type stuff, yes, but like... His character is like, I, I take such joy in killing cops, it's the best thing ever. Like, well, I don't... Oh, you mean know. the hero of the movie? He could he bombed the NRA. Yeah, that's that's why I was like, I was like, okay, I kind of like this guy. I don't think I ever thought that before. Yeah, my, yeah, my note was like, well, he's not that bad. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, he yeah, he killed people, but like, it's the NRA. So, I mean, are they really people? Honestly, oh. 
I'm sure I know they plenty would, of people yeah, that I'm are. Sure. Yeah. That definitely hit different in the current climate. I say current; it's like constant. Yeah. We don't have to get into all that stuff. I but know. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I mean, facetious, facetious when I say are really people. I just mean they're <laughs> they're really shitty and yeah. racist and and yep. horrific. More often the, than not, yes. Yeah, the only way I can see that our NRA comments would not be evergreen is if the NRA just ceased to exist. But they yeah. need they, they need government money and support, so they're going to continue to exist. And they get it. They're they're a non-profit organization, Spencer. They don't make any profit. Oh, just like the uh do they pay taxes or are like are like the NFL where they don't pay taxes at all? They do not pay taxes. Okay. They are tax exempt. Just like that's like NFL, a multi-billion maybe, dollar corporation that never pays federal taxes. Maybe the blood sacrifices cuz the NFL's got that going on too. Just the NRA yeah. is just you know, they and, get a lot N- more. The NFL does ha- also does military propaganda. Oh yeah. Okay, so you got one sentence to tell me what this movie is about. Sorry, Mel, this is your pick. You take over. Well, one sentence. How about I'm gonna give you two, and they're the taglines from the film, and I really they're the two that stood out to me. One wrong flight can ruin your whole day. They were deadly on the ground. Now they have wings. Is that about like a cannibal bird or something, or or like wolves that can fly, flying wolves? Because that's scary. That that might be a better concept. No, it's just uh, cons on a. It's Die Hard on a plane. That's what it this film been, is. It's, uh, it's Die Hard on a plane. For so is uh, Passenger Fifty Seven. Mm-hmm. Which is okay. It's not great. I oh I don't know. I really love a. I probably am not a good person to give. It, if these type of films are good or bad because I have an undying love for kind of not great action films in general. Oh, I do too, but also at the same time I can fully recognize you know, some of the like lesser Snipes action movies are eh, they're, they're lesser for a reason. However, pa- pa- Passion 57 he says, like, Merry Christmas, motherfucker, which is <laughs> great. I love that moment. Mm-hmm. I don't think um, I mean no one. somebody says Con Air is a bad movie they're just an asshole um, and I'm not saying that I'm like the hugest fan of this movie like I, I'm okay on it like middle of the road but I, I recognize how entertaining it is mm-hmm. and but yeah this is just some things that like John Malkovich used to really bother me as the main villain. This time, I almost I felt okay about it, but you like, know what? <sighs> I read though. Um, this might have been. I can't remember. I read a ton of stuff about this this film over the weekend, and I this might be like an IMDb trivia thing. So who knows how accurate oh. any of it is? But uh, I read that there was casting what ifs, and um, Mickey Rourke was supposed to play Cyrus, which. I kind of, I probably would have liked that more, even though I think John's fine in it. And I know, like, I talked to Nolan yeah. and Stacy, and they they both were like, oh, no, no, like, John Malkovich is so good in that movie. It depends if Rourke would actually try. Cause yeah. Because when he doesn't try, it's the worst. It's it's just complete garbage. And, he, he's, and he's also known to be, like, a real diva. And, you know, if he doesn't have his way, he's just not going to put in any effort. But it sounds like there was a lot of 
uh, I think I read a quote from, it was either Danny Trejo or maybe Steve Buscemi, I can't remember, but someone had said that there was a lot of big man energy, like tough guy, one-upping, but also a lot of people, it seems like everyone besides Nick Cage mm-hmm. was there just for a paycheck. Like John Malkovich and uh, John Cusack have both said that openly, that they did it for money and that was the only reason. Yeah. I mean, what about uh, who? Hold on, Dave Chappelle. Oh, Meany. No, not Dave Chappelle. <laughs> Cole Meany. I'm, I'm sure Cole Meany had like a weekend oh, off yeah. from from Star Trek and was like, "Oh, I guess I can do this." <laughs> no, I've heard Did that it? he's like, he's super down. I don't know. Like, I've heard he's easy to work with. I don't know. Yeah, that's a dude. Every time he shows up in something, I'm like. I know that name, but why? And then like, oh, the that vaguely European dude. What? It's a good description. <laughs> vaguely yeah. European. Vaguely dude. European. Don't say yeah. that to him. <laughs> Punch your square in the jaw. And he's in get, get him to the Greek movie I saw twice in the theater on in one weekend. If you ask what happened in that movie, I don't remember. I just remember at the time. Elaborate. I thought it was great. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, what connection does this have with your own personal interpretation of what is a correct thing to admit and what is an incorrect thing to admit? Um, uh, can, can I talk about the? F- well, it's not even a good story. It's a story. Don't change the I, I, fir- oh. sorry, I first saw this <laughs> on TV with my dad, and is this one of those like, like this is a TBS classic, and uh, I say. Uh, because like this is just like the perfect Sunday afternoon, you just did the yard work mm-hmm. type, and you and you just hang out with like with your dad or your mom or whatever, and they're watching TBS, and like this is like the ideal movie for that, and that's how I saw it the first time. And just like we just sat down, watch, turn on TV, this was on, and my dad's like, "Hey, I like Nick Cage and John Cusack. I'm gonna watch this," and so we had a blast and I always have only have fond memories of this and watching it for the first time in probably 15 years or 16 years it's uh, even better than I remembered what did you think of it like so you enjoyed it at the time yeah at the time I thought it was just pretty good so this time you thought it was better than oh, your- yeah definitely impression is that because you had like heard other interpretations of it over the year or you just assumed that it was like you were wearing those special glasses that people wear when they watch action movies uh it's if it feels like uh i compare a lot of things to this but it feels like indian action but oh, like a, t- a toned down where like nick cage and malkovich are the only ones who are melodramatic but like but it has they're like, dialing it up but, to like fifteen. But it has like the bombast of like Indian action, but like not as extreme or emotional. But it still is. I feel like like Michael Bay, like what he th- what he thinks he's doing. But well, well, some people like Michael Bay. But like for me, e- like his bombast doesn't work for me. It just feels shallow. And this bombast is like, oh, this is a mo- the most fun. I can't really explain like what's the difference between like this versus you know like bad boys is 
Well, it's a full-on propaganda in those cases. Like uh, Michael I mean, they're, Bay, they're both topic beat off to the army and the Marines <laughs> yeah. and whoever else he can get. How long his, has it been since you've seen hot hand around The Rock? I, I just watched it about a year or two ago. Because it's pretty bombastic. Yeah, but and like, I think it's, it's I think it has more in line with with this. Like I think Nick Cage the like the run of films he does the rock in 96 he goes into uh con air and then i think face off the productions like overlap where he went off of con air directly into face off and i think all of those are kind of the same level of silly fun yeah and wasn't mickey work in the double team at this point this is 97 yeah, 97. They're filming it in 96. And, like, Double Team is a movie I want to like, but uh, there's a tiger in it, and I know how animals get treated on sets, like big, cat, like big cats, and, that, and having a tiger in it kind of ruined it for me. Which one is Double Team? Uh, That's... Uh, Den- Dennis Rodman. Yeah, Dennis okay. Rodman and uh, yeah, Jean-Claude. I, yeah, let's stop talking about that forever. Yeah. I'm just kidding. It's, <laughs> it's Sue Hark. It's fun, and then they use live animals. Like, okay, this. Yeah. Don't, yeah, you said Dennis Rodman. Don't use tigers. <laughs> Leave them alone. I don't. Uh, can, can I talk about some of these things that were like so '90s that like Joel, twenty-year-old Joel, Joel, even in his thirties, was just not like so. Didn't realize how '90s it was. We got first of all, Nick Cage is a Gulf War veteran. You know, it's presumed based on the footage we see in the beginning when he's being released from prison. I mean, from uh, <clears throat> from the military. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Leon rhymes, but uh, that's the, the song. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dave Chappelle makes a ebonics joke, kind of as they say in ebonics, we be fucked. And uh, I, know, I know more about Ebonics, way more than I used to know back then, and um, whatever. I don't think that's what they would say. Uh, and the the last thing I wanted to point out is that when they go into Cyrus the Virus's uh, cell, they, like, find all this, mm-hmm. you know, stuff he's been hiding. One of the things that he had was the Anarchist Cookbook. <laughs> and I haven't, I haven't heard about that, so... In a very long time. Hello there. Yeah. So it was the last time you were wearing like a trench coat and smoking like a clove cigarette listening to like uh sick uh sick puppy? Sad puppy? What's that Skinny called? puppy. Skinny puppy. <laughs> Thank you. You're talking about somebody who had more money than I did, probably. I don't know. Clove cigarettes, come on. I don't know. What am I? A goth person? Yeah. You know what, though? I knew a girl. I worked with a girl at one of my first jobs who smoked clove cigarettes. So every time I smell that smell, I think of her. She was really nice. And I th- I think they smell lovely. They Just my do. own personal opinion. I, I way prefer that to actual cigarettes. I can't handle. Yeah. When I, when I was a smoker, I did smoke cloves at first because my friend Clayton was smoking them. But uh, Clayton is the one I mentioned in... Uh, uh, episode episode uh, on Louis Mall on, on our other show. He's the one who was like 
uh, had like baby mama drama, and I kind of stopped hanging out with them because it got a little uh, too much. There's a whole biography that's slowly unfolding before us about, about this, Clayton. Uh, Clayton. <laughs> yeah, he's the one who met Mark Wahlberg and uh, uh, M Night because his mom did art for The Happening, like mm. paintings or something. You smoke some cloves with Mark Wahlberg. I I doubt that. Got dating advice? <laughs> yeah, bro. You just gotta hit it and quit it. You know. He uh, he was already doing that since he was thirteen, so mm. he had he didn't need advice for that. No, he gave him a secret. Come on. No. Everybody knows. I mean, uh, yeah, Wahlberg had to climb up on a stepladder to reach him. Clayton's tall. Who's your favorite character in this movie, not including Nicolas Cage? <sighs> Fuck you. <laughs> Why? It's too easy if I just say you can pick anybody. Because mm. everybody's going to pick Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Probably Cam- Buscemi. Yeah, Buscemi. Yeah, I would say. What is it? Uh, Garland? Yes, Garland yeah. Green. Yeah. I... Oh, no, no, sorry. Swamp Thing. Oh, yeah, Thank yeah. Thank you. That's what I was going to say. That's fair. Today, the actor's name is MC Ganey. Yeah. MC Ganey, yes, MC, so good. MC Ganey. Like you're telling me, MC Ganey wasn't into his role in this movie because he looked like he just he was like, okay, let me turn on my. There we go. I'm ready. His persona or whatever. Yeah. He always looks like that. Yeah, like man, this, the intro was this like Starship Troopers, but. On, I felt like Starship Troopers, but unironic. But uh, then cutting into like just like this feels like uh, uh, very John Woo ish uh, in certain ways with the way like how how like a single handgun is the equivalent of like a rocket launcher. Oh yeah. Also, the every car's ex- every car or motorcycle that runs into something explodes. You're roboting. Why was I programmed to feel pain? <laughs> uh, what I said was every vehicle that crashes into another vehicle explodes, except yeah. for the ass kicker. <laughs> yeah, this might this is turning into when we talked about that man from Rio. It's like this is just fun, and there's I don't know. Uh, I got a I got a bunch of notes, but you know what this, the premise I've of this podcast of is. I know, so like, I guess we should talk about like the the gay character, because like, that's like the one for me like the one big like uh, well there was a gay character. Yeah, like that that's the one part. It's like uh, this is, it's not great, but it's also like there it, it could have been so much worse. The I've way seen, that they yeah. treat this character, like they're. Joel, I think you said at the beginning, like the way that they all interact, it it's not a very nuanced character, obviously, but they're not like a punchline or something. I or at least I didn't feel that way. Yeah, and they even like, well, there's almost like they a were a punchline for the movie. <laughs> well, yeah, like when they're like doing the like almost like the lip sync part and it's like okay this and like everyone's into it it's like okay this is kind of like it doesn't feel like a joke and like 
at, at that point. It's like, and that feels like that could have been played for like, oh, he's going to kind of perform and they're going to be like, uh, get off the stage and say some homophobic slurs. Yeah, like, like you're it, waiting for an F-bomb to drop and it doesn't come. No, yeah, I mean, he's he's the, yeah, just an odd choice for comedy relief. You know, that, that actor, uh, Renoli Santiago, is from Hackers. That's like, I remember seeing Hackers way before I saw Con Air, and then when I saw Con Air, I was like, what? That kind of looks like, no, that doesn't make any sense. Why, what? Hmm? I don't know. It can't be serial killer. No, wait, that's not serial killer. That's uh, the freak. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's Wendell Pierce pre uh, The Wire. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. When he was a it Spike was Lee guy. Mm-hmm. Well, he wasn't in one Spike Lee movie. He's not a Spike Lee guy. I think he's the guy who shoots Malcolm X and Malcolm X. Yeah. Well, he. Yeah, I think he's. Uh, I don't know. He he shows up. One of them yells, "Get your hand out of my." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that might be him. Hmm. But you, right. do you want to? I mean, what what do you? When it comes to stereotypes. Oh, I forgot to mention my favorite. Oh no, no, I have some. I know it's my, my favorite character. Is uh, it the little girl? Oh no, thing? no. Uh, well, Swamp Thing is number one, number two in the cage, number three. Major Briggs from Twin Peaks. Yeah. Yeah. He is my favorite Twin Peaks character. Because the speech he gives Bobby in the diner is like generally my my favorite TV moment of all time, and every time I see Don Davis in anything, it makes me incredibly happy. I I just love him as Major Briggs, and in my mind, every time he's in something like A League of Their Own, he's still Major Briggs. Yeah, it's canon. Me. No, he's he's Scully's dad. Oh yeah, he's Scully's dad. Yeah, uh, he's. Rest in peace, Don Davis. I think he's a military person in that too. Uh, and, and then what, the X Files. Um, yeah, that episode of the X Files with yeah, the guy Navy. who does the voice of Chucky. Yeah, he's Brad a. Durath. Yes, he's in the Navy because Scully was like a Navy kid. Navy Brad right. was part of. Yep. Brad Dourif is like, your father says, Blue Rose. <laughs> Starbuck. Nope, okay. Yeah, because her nickname was Starbuck as a kid. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, because that's how like that's how she knows he's really a psychic. That is excellent. Let's talk about some notes. Okay, my notes are very well. First one is that '90s song because I didn't know it came from this movie. Uh, How do I live? Leanne Rhymes. That's Leanne Rhymes. I thought she was. That's a name I've heard a whole bunch, but I couldn't tell you a, a song she did. Um, well, you know one now. <laughs> yeah, that one. Uh, military military propaganda. Uh, dad to be. Angry past. Bad fight scene, because the editing was not so great in the rainy thing. Yeah. Uh, Hong Kong energy. And that I, was... Let's, uh, let's talk about the bar real quick while you're still white, since you just mentioned that. Yeah. Is, doesn't it seem weird that <laughs> three hillbillies would attack a veteran? Like, uh, th- yes, that doesn't extremely. seem to make any <laughs> sense his, to me. And his pregnant wife. It's really weird. Yeah. They're in Alabama, of all places. Like, I feel like they'd be the most 
like pro military. Thank you for your service. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If anything, they would have been like buying him drinks, and yeah, it it's doesn't seem very realistic, but you know, mm. suspend 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 your disbelief. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're just uh, catalysts for the rest of the story. Yeah, and the, and the whole rainy sequence is like so hyper stylized. Which uh, I, my first reaction was like, I wonder if the rest of the movie is going to be just hyper stylized. And it's like, oh, this is nothing. It, it gets even more uh, like that extravagant 90s uh, from there. But it's like, it's like that, that crazy rain is just so absurd. Yeah, the cinematographer, it's uh, David Tatterstell, I think. Tattersale. Um, he did. Like the Green Mile, the Majestic, all the Star Wars prequels. Um, so I, not that I think that this film looks insanely good. It definitely looks of of the time. But yeah, I the the intro was definitely the worst part as far as how the film looks. I liked all the action throughout the rest of the film. I hated the action in this opening scene. Yeah, and like this was one of those cases where it's like. Oh, I remember beat for beat, like the first half of the movie, because every time, like some a scene was about to start, I'd be like, "Oh, I think this is the part where it's gonna be like a super rainy." He start fighting, like, "Oh," th- and then like it, it, maybe like halfway through was when my memory faded. But it just one like the uh, which is always like for me a a fun thing because like oh I guess this lets a bigger impression than I realized. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, those things that you haven't seen that often, like you said the last time you saw it was like over 15 years ago, and you're like, mm-hmm. wait, I remember this beat for beat, that's <laughs> weird. Spencer, we've always been watching Con Air. Oh. Every day. Oh, okay, never mind. I hate Sweet Home Alabama, can I just get that out real quick? Yep. We're, I, we're, I, don't, like... I don't like Leonard Skinner, I don't like Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. Not a fan. No, people like that song, and I feel bad for saying I hate it. You're allowed to like that song, people. I just, uh, you're not invited over to my house. Because we have a rule. Do you like the the remix by Kid Rock? I don't... <laughs> Why do you have to say that word, those two words together? Every time it plays on a radio, uh, I, my first reaction is, is this the Kid Rock one or the real one? <laughs> oh, I read a thing also that Kid Rock based American Badass on Cameron Poe. I've I have no idea if that's an actual fact, but I did read it somewhere. I, it sounds true. <laughs> You're like I, you know what? I'll take it from the internet. That is that is true. Kid Rock's star of previous episode on Joe Dirt. I have another uh, family tidbit about this too. Not Kid Rock, no. not related, but. So this was filmed in uh, 1996, and my stepmom and my dad were actually in Vegas whenever they filmed in front of the um, the Sands Hotel and Casino was scheduled to be demolished, mm-hmm. and the filmmakers, uh, Simon West and the producer, were like, can we film a plane crashing into that at the end? Is that cool? And they're like, yeah, that's totally fine. And my uh, parents got to see some of the filming for this they didn't know what it was they just knew it was a nick cage movie it was pretty cool oh yeah it's cool mm-hmm. it's pretty and my cool. 
that's something that every time it's like a just one of those things that it's like your parents you just know that like what they're getting ready to say they're teeing it up and you're like I know what story you're going into because you tell the story a lot whenever it comes up and every time Con Air's on if my dad or my stepmom see it they're like yeah we saw that plane crash at the end whenever we were in Vegas and they tell it the exact same way every single time and that's it like it's not really a story it's just like yeah we saw that we were there <laughs> it's really good they're yeah, waiting for somebody to take the bait but uh, there's not, there's nothing behind the bait. So, the, you know. the funny thing is, is my stepmom had a huge thing for Nicolas Cage. Like she, she'll still, if you talk to her, she's like, oh yeah, he's so handsome. He's so attractive, which every, to each their own. And I'm not saying that he's not an attractive man, but it's just not the type of person that I would be like, oh my God, he's so hot. I know that there's people out there. She's one of them, but it was just that her, it was Nick Cage and Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> <laughs> Which to me, it's like those are your guys. They're your guys. That's fine. I respect mm. it. Hey. <laughs> I mean, Billy and Bob. You know, he's a he's a real real romantic because he said about being married to Angelina Jolie. At some point, it's like fucking a couch. So he's a real classy guy. Well, and he also like didn't he like he left Laura Dern for Angelina, and Laura Dern found out via like a television interview. Like, it's super fucked up. Yeah. Uh, the Santa sketch on I Think You Should Leave when, he, there's, when he's being interviewed is based off of that really awkward interview he did. He only wanted to talk about his music, right? Yes, that one. <gasps> and that, I've seen the first five minutes of it. It's like 12 minutes long. It's uh, it's uh, it's it's very uncomfortable and not, and not as funny as I was hoping. Like, he really is a, seems like the biggest asshole. I don't think it's not even funny. It's just like, oh, this is just not fun to even watch. <laughs> so, not not to like do another name drop story, but my my dad was a tour manager for like most of my life, and Billy Bob, whenever he was in that mode, whenever he's like full music career, he uh, was doing kind of some of the circuits that my dad, the person he was managing, was doing as well. And he, Billy Bob came on their bus one time and the whole bus knew that my stepmom had a huge like crush for him. So like they were going to like embarrass her and like, Mm -hmm. you know, talk to him. Well, she, she did talk to him. She made it not awkward because she's not a psycho. Like she was just like, (laughs) like, oh yeah. like she was really personable and he asking him about his music. She didn't Mm -hmm. ask him anything about his acting. He, and it's like, I think he kind of took a shine to that, which then Mm -hmm. that interview, you're like, oh, that's why, because she was only about the music and that's all she got into because they were on tour and my dad was like yeah he was was a nice guy but it's like again they only like my dad's not gonna ask him anything about movies because my dad doesn't care oh okay i don't think billy bob is the asshole in that interview i'm sorry i think if he specifically told them he only wanted to talk about the music and the guy keeps trying to talk about other things like yeah you walk yeah. out like I think that that's happened with uh oh freaking what's his name um 30 seconds to Mars why can I think of his actual oh, name oh, Jared Leto? Jared Leto? <laughs> yeah I was like I know who that Leto. actor is yeah he did that too okay. like I think he had that period where he was very much about his musical career and he's like don't talk to me about my acting career whenever I'm here as a an artist which but again if you've already teed up the interviewer that that's what you're there to talk about it's pretty shitty to flip the script I, I guess, but 
I mean, I think that there's I, I probably a more tactful way to handle it, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, but... I mean, Billy Bob could have been more, you know, uh, mature about an interview. He's just being extremely grumpy and he refuses to even speak any, speak at all. And it's just reached think... the point, like, why don't you just leave if you're going to be like this the whole time? Yeah, walk off. It does get to a point where you have the ability to flip it and make the interviewer look like a dick. So it's like you just need to turn on that charm. Like, he's capable of doing that. But yeah. It's not, it's not his responsibility to no. flip it over. Like, what, we're going to think whatever we think about him. And how many actors that are like as can give a, a performance like Billy Bob Thornton have to worry about like what people think about them on the outside? Like I feel like unless they're unless they're drugging women for forty years and doing mm. things to them, you know, uh, and even then you get the right jury, boom, you're free. Yep. Wait, who are we talking about? Uh, Con Air. Yeah. I really like the way that uh, Colmini says, uh, like he's doing. He's doing a pretty decent, you know, U.S. accent the whole time, but for some reason he can't say the word murder. He says moida, 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 and oh, like so if he was doing a, a, a doing Brooklyn the, uh, accent or whatever, uh, the Bob Hoskins like just like make it make it New Yorky and, and rough. Mario, Mario. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, the, but I, the, I'm, I'm going to call everything Moida. The uh, plane stuff, like the plane sequences, it felt at a certain point like Shadow in the Clouds. <laughs> Not sure if you guys have seen that. It's on Hulu. Is Elite. that the... Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, wait, is it Chloe or is it the other one? It's No, it's... Uh, I get the two mixed up a lot. Still. I can't think of names right now. I don't know what's wrong with my brain. Again, what once is- the sun goes down i'm done um it's the, it's, Grim, the gremlin movie yeah it it's, all takes place pretty much just in the one yeah space and like the first half is like kind of like trying to be realistic and then the second half it makes a giant turn to being like really silly that i don't think it pulls off that well but like oh, it's it's who, it's kind of interesting who wrote that max uh landis yeah oh yep he wrote that Okay, there's some attempts at like feminism in it, in it too that feel super forced and clunky and performative. Yeah, that's that yes. motherfucker doesn't know how to write anything original except for fucking that Will Smith movie, which was Bright. That's what you get when he tries to write something fucking original. He did yeah. what? He did Bright uh, American Ultra. Is that him? Oh, I think yes, you're right. That is him. Yeah. But that was based on a previous movie uh, starring Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. 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 I mean, isn't John Landis kind of not great aside from the murder? I almost don't even want to get into it because it's... <laughs> I I kind of... Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to step into something, but it is messed up to me. It's an aspect of all the stuff with the max stuff like all the horrible things he did and he got uh kind of publicly canceled for i I hate saying that but it's like that's what it is um because he's not gonna receive any sort of legal repercussions for the stuff that he did but um 
I it really bothered me and this is like a thing with Twitter where I think people think that they're being a weird self-righteous like they're doing a thing and where it's like man that's so not the mark but I remember whenever that article came out where all those women are talking about Max and people were making comments about his dad on the like those children dying on the set of um Twilight Zone yeah Twilight Zone and that to me I was like that is so disgusting that that's like like this kid is like his son is an asshole that's fair but like why are we bringing up these like children that died in a tragic way and the you know the other uh people that were on set that passed away it's like why are we doing that like why are we using that as ammunition for this i hate that type of stuff yeah like i I recently heard a was like something where someone said like and you know john lance is an asshole i was like well is this about the the people dying or is it are there something like, no, else he's just an asshole or is it something else that john landis did i, I mean know. i'm sure that's the problem with bringing up john landis i want to talk about an american werewolf in london I, right mm-hmm. that's john landis isn't it yes yes i don't want to talk about the horrible thing that happened yeah well you know whether or not he was responsible directly responsible there were all kinds of different hands in that situation and he has been living ever since with those deaths on his hands. And, like, it's not funny. That's the that's the thing is, like, I just, if you're not going to bring it up and talk about it in a thoughtful way, definitely don't use it as ammunition to, like, get likes on Twitter. Like, that was so disgusting to me. Like, I just, yeah. And I can't imagine. Yeah. But, yeah. Sorry, not to take uh, it down that path. And I didn't mean to. I wasn't <laughs> trying to say, like, his son's shitty because of that. I'm just I don't know. Oh, no, no, I know. I, no, no, I, I completely know. But, yeah. The, the, o- the only plane movie that I recommend for anyone to watch <laughs> is Turbulence 3 Heavy Metal. That's the... Oh, that's the one with the Marilyn Manson knockoff. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. But there's two of them. <laughs> what about Airplane, though? I think we could still watch Airplane. Yeah, but, like... I mean, yes, you can. you can watch airplane because it's really good it's also got some jokes that don't age well yeah but they're I just feel like not that's, you know i feel like that's like a hot tot like a hot take for some people because some people love that movie so so hard but yeah i watched it not too long ago and i was like i i do like this but there's some some things didn't age that well and that's okay yeah i mean kentucky fried movie is, oh, I don't care for it personally. <laughs> yeah, I think I... some parts are funny and other parts like this just feels like fucking Animal House garbage. And I, I don't like Animal House at all. I don't like Animal House either. I don't like Kentucky Fried. I don't like Animal House. But there's stuff I do like. Wish I had written down what I meant. Okay, third time. That, that Now I realize. Mm-hmm. John Cusack almost gets killed so many times in this movie. <laughs> Like, first, like, when the jail cell blows up, that, like, he, like, looks up in that fan blade or whatever is right next to his head, like, ah. And then the next time, I think the they go to that airfield and um, the plane, you know, has to do that crazy landing because of the other plane that had just landed. And, he, you know, he peeks his head out of the thing. It's like, ah, he almost gets decapitated again. Like, he's not a great agent. Like, he's not very aware of his surroundings at all. Like, I would assume that the, he would be trained to do. Yeah. 
So He's I not was used half, to field work. I was editing a, a podcast at the time, so I was half paying attention to the actual plot stuff. Why is he there? It, he's he's a member of the uh, whoever's in charge of transporting the prisoners. Or no, actually, what are they doing? Yeah, that's it. And this is like actually like the plane he designed and all this stuff for ultra security. And so he's got a special investment in this particular plane. Um, and he's working with the DEA. There, there was that guy that brought the gun on the plane was supposed to sit mm-hmm. next to a different prisoner and like get evidence of him talking about Capone or something. I don't know. Oh yeah. Cause he, but, but legitimately he's like a, a plant. Yeah. He really do. Uh, John Cusack just really doesn't want that plane to get blown up. <laughs> that's, that's, that's his entire that's his, motivation. Yeah. It's not about the people. It's not about Cameron Poe. Any other questions? Um, do you think there should have been more Chappelle? Cause no. It, oh. Okay. And that may be based off of recent Chappelle-related things. You know what? But no. Yeah. Not it's, to go off on another yeah. side thing, but I just watched the... Um, I don't know if you guys like Norm MacDonald. I do. Um, yeah. And I watched the... There's a special that dropped that he uh-huh. recorded himself in his home. It's on Netflix. I, I think it's yes. called Nothing Special. And at the end, there's a really... A pretty cool breakdown um, of... It's Conan O'Brien, Molly Shannon, uh, Dave Chappelle... Um, David Spade and mm-hmm. uh, David Letterman, and then um, uh, who am I forgetting? Someone big. Adam Sandler. Rick. Oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? I'm so stupid right now. But it's all of them talking about Norm Macdonald, and it is so sweet. And Dave like is very clearly moved and almost in mm-hmm. tears. And it was it really liked it it was really really cathartic and and nice so i would recommend that even if you you know have kind of had some issues with Chappelle recently it's it it was really nice to see all of them talking about him yeah i I can still rewatch Chappelle sketches because like Chappelle's show i like you know like a lot of people like it it generally is like was a great show yeah third season there's a reason they didn't use those they didn't use those sketches (laughs) Let's leave that at that. Yeah, that I feel like people have kind of forgotten a little bit too of what a huge phenomenon that was when it was happening. Like it was, it was such a big deal. Everybody was tuned in, which it was weird for that type of thing too. That yeah. so many people were tuned into it. It's too big for him, right? I mean, like, yeah, at a certain point, he like could not handle. Yeah, being. I that mean, that's popular. why he, yeah, he literally bailed and like went on a. Trap. Oh yeah, yeah I, I can't. I, I have to be vague about this. Mary has a family member who has a direct connection to Chappelle that I probably shouldn't say on a recording, but uh, That's fair. uh, who like was like new. I think he might be dead, but uh, like the family like, member or Chappelle, family member. Okay, like, like they were kind of friends at one point, and like uh, yeah, is it Jim Brewer? <laughs> no, no. Mary has direct ties with Jim Brewer. Oh no, no, no. Rest in peace, Jim Brewer. 
I try not to be too negative about like comedians and shit. Like, yeah. But like Jim Brewer is the worst. He's not funny at all. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I can't uh, disagree with that. I just don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like half half baked is bad in general, but Brewer just makes that movie just like no, like unwatchably bad to me. I would not never rewatch that film. I've seen it enough, and that's. I'll just leave it where it was in the past. As a stoner myself, I've never related to any stoner characters and like even ones that are just like chilled out for some reason. They have to like exaggerate what it's like to be stoned. Yeah, the worst yeah, the worst it, part sorry. No, no, go ahead, sorry. Uh the worst part uh, I used to used to smoke weed, and I started working in the medical field and oh. you get drug tested, so Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh but uh uh, but for to me, like the worst part of stoner culture is stoner culture because like the movies and TV just makes it seem annoying. And like the when I did smoke a, a lot more, the people who were like that, I wouldn't smoke with because it was just like I just want to late. I just want to like listen to music, play video games. I don't want to like quit acting up this dumb persona. It's annoying. Well, yeah, and it's, like, that's not how, like, being high, you don't automatically turn into that type of character. So it's definitely a choice that people are making because it's, like, most of the time, most people, it's just going to level you out. And, yeah, you're going to want to just sit and, like, watch something or play something or read something. Like, you just Mm want to chill. It's not, like, everything's giggly and, like, totally tubular. (laughs) It's just so silly. Everything is. (laughs) <laughs> totally tubular who was yeah. i was gonna say for like stoner comics the only one that i off the top of my head is uh is it mitch headburn i thought he was really mm-hmm. funny yeah yeah and like his stuff it was always like him bearing the lead and like going way too long on a joke kind of like that's why i love norm so much yeah. is just like going on and on and on but his oh, it's remember like a joke on conan uh, the that, moth? like yeah that lasted yeah. like i don't know yep Ten whole minutes. Yeah, it's like, oh, which if yeah, anyone listening to this, if you're not, uh, it's worth looking up. Just type in like YouTube or Google. I think it's like the, the worst joke. joke or like yeah. more Donald terrible joke. It's and, so funny. Yeah. And the best part is like Conan, and he talks about this in that special where he's like, half the time I felt like I didn't even need to be there because he was gonna just keep talking about whatever he was talking about (laughs) and he's like my reaction was not necessary and he was just using the audience like talking to them not me and it's like that's such a good example of exactly that of him just going on this 10 minute just highly detailed and the thing about Norm that a lot of people don't know is like he was very well read so it's like everyone that he's listing or they're like Russian poets and stuff like they're all actual names it's it's so funny (laughs) Yeah, I remember Sorry one, for the one of the roasts he did. Cause I, I, I did a brief time where I was into the roast, uh, mm-hmm. and his joke was he was reading the paper the whole time, <laughs> which was by far the funniest thing to happen at the roast. And and all his jokes were intentionally terrible, and like, like everyone else was trying to be offensive, and he was just doing his doing the norm thing, and it was just so funny. Yeah. And there's not to say, like, Norm definitely had, like, his jokes rub people the wrong way, especially, like, Weekend Update stuff whenever he was doing it. Like, definitely a lot of stuff that didn't land. But I think the thing that's so funny about him is even if something 
he knew something was gonna flop he still did it because that's what he wanted to do and he thought it was funny so like if no one reacted he he kind of reveled in it it's just like i could never do that like that would stress me out so badly and i love just him not just not caring sounds sounds like art to me rather than i mean performance is art but like if if what it makes you know as as the artist you you produce what you produce and as long as you're happy with it that's you kind of just put it out there people are going to react however they're going to react yeah most comedians are like if they're not getting laughs i might as well just jump off a bridge because right? like that's like nobody wants to see an unfunny comedian and yeah. that that is true because yeah. Norm Macdonald was not an unfunny comedian. He yeah, like was occasionally actor. a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Salty? No, no, no. He it, like an anti anti comedian. Yeah, like, like mm-hmm. just Tim going to that. He, like Tim Heidegger carries on that tradition. He, like he's I a, don't like, want to hear anything about Tim just... Yeah. Yeah, like like yeah. the like the whole. Uh, the the fake documentary Tim Heidecker did a few years ago, like which was an in joke of an in joke of an in joke. Uh, that was uh, like like based off on cinema, with like that whole thing is like like the whole like Tim like the Tim anti comedy really largely comes from like Norm, mm-hmm. and like I've seen Tim do stand up and like it's his his whole routine was like very much like a a Norm type thing, this extended. And amplified to a, to a level that like half the crowd was not into it and extremely annoyed. Yeah, like to act actively turning. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Some people were very upset at at his uh, bad stand up. But uh, yeah, yeah. That's I know which side I'd be on. <laughs> He's not in this movie. No. I, I can't believe freaking Danny Trejo is in such good shape in this movie. I just I made a note about that when he's when he's on top of the mm-hmm. um he's trying to flag everybody to tell him that the cops are on the way. He takes off his shirt and I'm like, Damn, Danny, I know you're like forty five in this movie and you're still <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. I feel like and he's always been forty five. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like him uh, with no facial hair. It looks weird. Is this the thing he did following up heat probably is there something else i'm sure he did this and then went on to three other movies you know what you're right that's (laughs) actually i don't have to look it up i'm certain that i'm not correct he probably did like 10 other movies in between what like heat's 95 this was filming 96 yeah he had time yeah spencer you you haven't listened to we hate movies uh, in a while right correct uh they had an ongoing joke um, I think a couple of episodes they brought it up was that Danny Trejo they were talking about yeah I remember seeing Danny Trejo in the video where the train starts running towards the screen and we all ran away because we didn't want to get hit by Danny Trejo you know just making references that he's been in literally every single movie yeah he's Latino James Hong <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, I think it was Years ago, when I did listen to the Paul Shear show, whatever it's called, the oh, uh, me, 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 how did this get made? Yes, uh, they had Tan Trejo on at one at one point, and he said, uh, like Shear asked him, who's like the scariest, <laughs> most like generally like uh, like person you've ever worked with? Because Trejo was in and out of prison for years. That's why um, in 
the Robert Rodriguez movies, he always carries a blade because for a long time, part of his parole what conditions were, were was he couldn't own a a blade uh, or like a uh, a knife or anything because that I guess he used those in in his crimes or whatever. And so, like, it was kind of an in-joke with him and Rodriguez. Like, every time he plays a character in one of his movies, he's always carrying, like, a sword or a knife or something. Yeah, it's for a role. Yeah. But it's also, like, you know, that's the only time he can actually carry one in real life. But, um... uh, Trejo said, the scariest person he ever ever worked with was John Cusack. (laughs) He said... He said, uh, like, Nick Cage was, like, a really sweet sweet guy, kind of weird. But like really sweet, and uh, he's like Cusack generally w- was like creeped him out. Yeah, and again, like everything I read about him, I mean, I've read a. Yeah, he seems like maybe he might not be a super nice person. Not to speculate, but you guys are destroying my image of John Cusack, and I don't appreciate it. I still love say anything, and I mean, I love eighties, you know, John, but. Yeah, he doesn't seem like maybe a super nice person. No. Let's see, yeah, the, John, Danny this... Trejo was in one, two, three, four, five. Just in nineteen ninety-six. Seven, eight, nine, ten, ten times, forty movies before Connor. No, sorry, uh, nineteen ninety-six. Um, not sure about that. I'm just curious. Like, Between ninety-five like he... and ninety-six. Okay, let me see. Uh, continue. I'm sorry, Spencer. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah. Um, my favorite... Uh, I forgot where Trey was talking about this, but uh, the reason he got in movies in the first place was like he was, I think, just released from prison for the last time. And a friend of... I think it was Runway Train, the movie that was supposed to be a Kershaw movie, but a string of things happened and it was not a Kershaw movie. Um, but uh, uh, like there's like a prison section, and he was just like make like cracking up at all the actors trying to act like tough prisoners, and like the casting person or producer saw him and they're like, okay, what do you know? And he said, well, I've been to prison, and I and I know how you're supposed. To, I know like what's actually like, and so uh, he like and so apparently like uh, he talked his way into being on the movie. To like make the prison sequences like seem more realistic, more authentic. Yeah. <laughs> well, because he he'd been there, no one else uh, on the set had been there. Oh, that's that's gonna be so awkward to tr- like try to act like you're you're a convict or a prisoner, and you have a guy that's just like, "What are you doing?" Like that's so cringy to me. <laughs> I mean, any any sort of scenario where like you're trying to do something that someone's lived through it's just like oh my gosh yeah if you're watching yeah so people like that are like filming their own <laughs> like biographies or about biographies about people that they know like the the selena's dad you know oh, was yeah, yeah. on set supervising the whole time it felt weird uh two danny trejo things i want to say um sarah's stepdad who has uh he's passed away um but uh he knew Danny Trejo because they, uh, well, they were in a program together. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think uh, Danny Trejo is pretty open about being in programs like that. Yeah. 
the other thing I want to say is that your story about Danny Trejo being like, that's not what prison people are like, reminds me of that Christopher Lee story, where he's like, that's not what it's like when a man dies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh, man. Christopher Lee was such a scary badass. Oh, my yeah. God. I yeah. love that story. Yeah, I mean, like, he was a Nazi hunter. He would know. <laughs> like, real-life James Bond. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And he was supposed to be the first Bond villain in the movie because mm-hmm. uh, Fleming wanted because they were cousins. Yeah. And um, I get I, I either they couldn't get him or the producer like yeah yeah sure whatever. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I, probably uh, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Danny Trejo, 1995, was in a movie called The Stranger with nobody. Mm-hmm. A movie called Dead Badge with. Nobody. Uh, well, it's got Yafet Koto, but he's not the star. Uh, then he was in Desperado and Heat. In 96, he was only in uh, From Dust Till Dawn and something called Le, J- Le Jaguar, starring Jean Reno. Hmm. Hmm. Anyways, that's been Danny, Danny Trejo Corner. <laughs> yeah, he's great. I I love character actors like him and James Hong who just like will show up in anything. But like the thing about large but, but character actor like that is usually that means they're good and they can learn their shit very quickly, and like they're you know like they're easy to easy enough to work with. Yeah, I feel like I mean neither of them are really. I feel like they're an elevated that guy but it's like for a lot of people that maybe aren't super into films they are those like that guys that are they pop up in so much and they're always good even if it's just a little thing it's always good yeah yeah like steve buscemi yeah (laughs) which i feel like he i I like his character here i do too and at the same time i wish there's a little bit more but there's so many crazy characters like him being super toned down it I think it's creepier. It, yeah, I like, think it makes it so much creepier. And uh, I mean, he's he's like a Hannibal Lecter ripoff type. type yeah, thing, they mentioned you know? he was killing people on the Eastern Seaboard. It's like, okay, we get it. <laughs> yeah, and even like waxing about like the psychology of of uh, I think it's Billy Bedlam or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like either maybe his mother didn't love him enough or too much. Who knows? Yeah, so do you think uh, <laughs> he should have played Hannibal Lecter instead of... Uh, Don't be Welsh ridiculous. Sh- okay. <laughs> we had... Let's see, how many? We had I mean, four he, perfectly good Hannibal Lecter actors, although I never four? saw that guy who passed away. Oh, yeah. He's in Moon Knight. Oh, Hannibal Rising. Yeah. Yeah, he's in Moon Knight or something, but I haven't seen yeah. Moon Knight yet because... Uh, I, all I have to do is ask for the password for Disney Plus, but every time I'm about to, I'm like, <laughs> I don't feel like getting the password for Disney Plus. I can just play Hades or something instead of Disney Plus right now, and so I, I, I can do this instead of Disney Plus. <laughs> there are a couple things there I want to watch, but at the same time, like uh, it's too much effort, and I, I can off mic. There's more more reason behind uh, why it's so much effort. <laughs> I love Brian Cox's Hannibal. I just do too. Just to say, I really, but I he, like, I really like it. Yeah. 
it's amazing how underplayed like he is like you go visit him and like you can almost erase the fact that he's in the freaking movie but like that character was just the one that stuck i guess yeah there's yeah. all kinds of good things about Manhunter. I it's love weird. Manhunter so much. It's weird that like Silence of the Lambs turned into essentially like uh like a like a Freddy or Jason movie. It's like series <laughs> with like what what Hannibal Lecter. Which is like which feels to me like it feels gross in a way that um true crime feels really gross. Uh, uh where like, you know, like the Hannibal Lecter character as uh the, turned into like, you know, like a rock star like elevating yeah. him to like oh so cool see and i there's some true crime stuff that i i do like to follow but i can't like they're which you guys know it's like a huge boom that's been going for i would say like what the last decade but like the way some people intake that stuff and like talk about it it does get to that area which i don't like it's like i can't listen i like uh bailey sarian she's a youtuber she does makeup and stuff and talks about stuff uh, her and Kendall Ray, they, like, work with victims' families and, like, make awareness for things that are going on to, like, try to help, not just, like, talk about the killers. Like, they're super cool. I don't like that stuff. It weirds me out. I think it has, like, um, there, there's a really good episode of You're Wrong About where they talk about the effect that this, like, true crime phenomenon, you know, starting way back when... Uh, what's his name was doing America's Most Wanted. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, they, that that episode was like, oh, someone else feels the way I feel about this. <laughs> yeah, and just like you giving people these reasons to be suspicious of like almost everybody, like you can't help but become paranoid when all these stories are about, well, he was just a regular guy, or he wasn't just a regular yeah, guy, I but nobody knew. To stop with all that people the way that we talk of like frame stuff where it's like yeah just normal like we get that and the way that i don't know i mm. yeah i uh, just it's weird yeah uh what uh, when i was still in the flop house facebook group it, it this came up that uh one person was in the group joel you might remember this potentially it's it's been a long time but um Someone mentioned that they hate true crime shows, and the reason was uh, a one true crime show was a a, a comedy one, which that this feels uh, uh, murky territory there for me. And they're cracking jokes about how like uh, like the person they killed was really fat or or something, and the person that they killed was that 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 killed that was that died was this person who posted their grandfather. Oh. And yeah, it's like oh god, like th- that's that's when true crime really for me turned into like this is people are this is just kind of gross and I don't yeah. like this at all. There's there's a weird disconnect where people don't realize like you're talking about actual people and families and tragedies and like the worst moment for some people in their entire lives. Like, have some tact. Like it's fine if you have a, an interest, and I wouldn't say like you like it, but you are interested fine like that's that's fine but there is a way to handle yourself and there's a way to not and yeah I, that's disgusting i'm surprised that this movie even touched on the subject of like murder 
you know, at one point, Colmini's character calls them, you know, a plane full of monsters and stuff like that. And John Cusack is like, a plane full of monsters? Really? You know, like, fighting back on that. Because, like, the people think that, like, well, this person murdered that somebody. I could never be like that. And it's like, I don't think people are willing to admit to themselves that, like, a, a human being is capable of anything another human being is capable of. I'm not saying that, like, if I, if I'm suddenly going to become a cannibal because cannibals exist, but to, to believe that you're incapable of murder because you're a really nice person or you hate violence or whatever, it's like you don't understand what a split second can do between you being somebody who has made that kind of a mistake or not. And would you, like, if somebody in your family did that, would you think, oh, irredeemable? Some people would think that. Those are bad people, in my opinion. Uh, not irredeemable, because I don't believe anybody is irredeemable. Like, or, yeah. or not, not irredeemable, but at least empathetic. Like, you can empathize with a human because they are a human. And uh, I think that's that's really, like, the least you can do. Yeah. Well, and it's yeah, like, that, like oh, sorry. no, you're fine. Like to uh, this is obviously a dialed up version of what you're saying, but like the Stanford prison experiment, that whole thing of like having some of the students as prisoners, some of the students as guards, and all of them seem normal, well adjusted, but like having that power dynamic all of a sudden like treating people differently, and it's just like it, yeah, like I don't think we can say what anyone's capable of, and it's like, yeah, just try to be freaking decent. Yeah, and like this movie, also keep in mind this movie came out during like the Clinton super predator era, which yeah. uh, like I, 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 I've been binging a lot of You're Wrong About, and I already didn't like the the justice system of this country, uh, but like going through that show, I was like, oh man, the justice system is uh, garbage. <laughs> it's It's kind of terrible. And like this movie, it it kind of feels like propaganda, a little like propaganda almost at points. But other points, like Julie pointed out, like the John Cusack characters, like you know, fight pushes back against it. And so it, it's kind of a little more thoughtful about like the like we've talked about this before. Like I love action movies. A lot of action movies lean right wing. That's just how yeah. how it yeah. works. But like this movie, it feels like it's. At least at some at some point, art is trying to be like, well, actually, you know, there are also people, where like, uh, you know, it it's could have easily just have not even acknowledged it, but the fact that they do acknowledge it at all, if it it it, it was a nice surprise. Again, this movie doesn't. Sometimes it's like whenever you think it's going to tip over into something like of the times, it kind of doesn't. Like it again with the um the one character uh, that Renlio Santiago plays mm -hmm. and, and yeah, the expectation of writing all of these guys off because they're, you know, they're cons, they're ex convicts. Well, they're convicts. They're not ex. I guess Cameron's the only one that's technically getting out. Yeah. And the other guy was his, his buddy. He was um, the guy from Forrest Gump. McGilty Williamson. Yeah. Yep. So, so, so in his two biggest movies, he gets killed off. Yep. Well, he doesn't get killed off in this. What are you talking about? I thought he died into this. 
No, at the end, you see him getting put into an ambulance. Oh, okay. Well, I th- like I mentioned earlier, I was editing you the were podcast. Doing a podcast. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so <laughs> he was also in Heat, apparently. Yeah, I was gonna say he was in Heat as well. Hmm. Yeah, allegedly, Chappelle uh, was uh, auditioned for uh, Forrest Gump, or he ordered or the producer to want to contact him. Hmm. I can't. Um, I can't picture that. But I also, I'm. I won't get into Forrest Gump. Yeah. Maybe no, that'll woman, be for when we cover that. That woman funnier if he might, was in it. I might veto Forrest Gump if we come to it. Oh my gosh! That might be a veto. I'm sorry. That's if you a, were super okay. jazzed to talk about it on this program. Well, I just Spencer dodged that bullet already. So. Oh yeah, and our other, and our other uh, show, we kind of mm-hmm. it was like Pulp Fiction or Forrest Gump. It's like I don't want either of the either of these. These are talk to death. Yeah. And we got a Russian movie. Thank God. Thank God for those Russians. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I um, how do we feel about the ending? The like the the bombast of it, or like the final moments when the song comes back, or what? <laughs> Him meeting his daughter. Starting when the plane is falling apart, and they're going to have to land on the strip. I mean, I think that the, we haven't really talked about it, but their whole plan, like, is not a good plan, just in general, before they're forced to land. It's, uh, you know, but that's fine. Again, I can suspend my disbelief for, for the ride. Um, originally they were going to, I think that the, uh, screenwriter, Scott Rosenberg, I think he had written it that they were going to crash into the White House and Simon West, the director, was like, or actually, no, it was Jerry Bruckheimer. He was like, no, that's, I, let's, let's not do that. How about something else? And he's like, okay, so Vegas. And they're like, that's where, that's where these guys would want to go. Vegas, yes. I mean, the desert, the desert portions when it's like a sandstorm, I, I was thinking like, I, this could have been Dune. <laughs> like that could be like this sweatsuit, wetsuit. I don't, I don't know Dune terms. What are you talking about? You talked about Jared Leto earlier. I thought you were a Dune expert. Jared Leto was in Dune? No, but the... <laughs> the no, house... but you just... Duke Leto. Is... What? Oh, I don't remember His Dune. His house of Trades. Oh, see, I thought you were ripping Blade Runner because Blade Runner to me had some... I won't even get into it. The sets of Dune and Blade Runner were very boring to me, most of all. Uh, well, uh, Joel, you, you of all people should know... When it comes to like sci-fi and fantasy names, are you uh, saying Arrak like Arrakis? Like, is I, that what you're talking about? The planet? I guess. Yes, the, the, I mean, the desert you can call planet. Arrakis Dune. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's. I don't remember this shit. I just remember. <laughs> I like the Dune movie from last year. But if you asked me fun. what were what were the character names, I'd be like, "There's a Jessica, yeah, and there's you a Paul." The American names. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. The only uh, two. And there's a. Other people with silly names that I couldn't, you couldn't pay me to remember. They are. That's. A, what about Duncan Idaho? I was about what? to say, do you not remember the most like American name in that? Oh, I don't know. Jason Momoa. Okay, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, he shaved his beard midway through a movie. That was fucked up. Not. I, I think he was the best part of that movie. Like, I know, uh, I'm but sorry. He sh- 
But shaving his beard? No, he looks better. He, he needs facial hair. It you looks just wrong. really don't like it when actors shave their facial hair, like Danny Trejo. <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My father. <laughs> yeah, Dune's a good movie. I like yeah. the I like the Lynch version better. It's uh, I mean, more, I like more the, abs- yeah. yeah the it gets into the weird alien stuff much quicker. Obviously, it, like the first ten minutes of that movie are insane, but it's, it's a lot grosser too. I like yeah. that, like the evil people, the Baron. I don't remember their names. Like like he's full of he's full of pus and shit, and it's like yeah, this is this is the gross shit I like. And uh, and I, the new one, it's like oh, he's just. I don't know. He he floats and he floats and he's big. He's yeah. he's not that gross. I I liked the new one. Like I'm excited for the sequel. It'll be good. I really like Dune a lot, but I just those sets are so boring to me. And I feel like you could interchange Jared Leto's like evil little uh whatever Blind his guy. yeah his like um bat guy lair with any of the things that are on arrakis and it's like yep it's it's this could be the same planet which i don't like wait jerry was the bad guy in blade i don't want to talk about blade i mean i don't remember i i don't we don't to talk about it yeah yeah i think i told you when i saw blade runner i was confused because i i thought the replicants were robots but they have human bones (laughs) and so the whole time i was like oh i don't know what this movie is i had I found it impossible to follow. I found Dune by Denny Villeneuve to be as dry as a desert planet. The entirety <laughs> of the movie. I found it disappointing. I felt like nobody knew how to emote except for Jason Momoa. But everyone yeah. else was like, son... Man, and Oscar Isaac. I know Isaac, you'll do what's right. Yeah, Oscar Isaac's such a good actor, and that I mean, he looked good in that suit. But man, I was like, everyone is very stiff in this. Yeah, he looked good when stiff. he was totally naked at the dinner table too. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Connor. Uh, oh, oh, I should say the uh, the reason I, I I saw Blade Runner twenty whatever in the theater was in a trailer I saw Wood Harris who was in a wire and I was like Wood Harris is in a movie this is like sold yeah and then he was in one scene and I was honestly disappointed I wanted more Wood Harris who the fuck is Wood Harris he is Avon Barksdale from a wire oh okay I like how much wire talk has happened like (laughs) just naturally within this episode yeah I was oh yeah we were talking that's right we were talking bunk bunk yeah, I was so fucking hyped to see what Harrison movie. She, and, yeah, Something... it doesn't take much. Like I, I just got the Batman uh, f- from someone. I got the digital code, and uh, the reason I got it was I know Barry is in it. He he has like one scene, but I I'm I'm in it for Barry. <laughs> so um. When Nicolas Cage inevitably figures out that, uh, well, first of all, he's like, well, oh, I guess I'm free now. Like, no, 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 no. Hold on. <laughs> but <laughs> he figures out that uh, Cyrus is not among the prisoners that have survived the plane crash. In fact, they can't find him anywhere. And so, you know, he's in that fireman's uniform with Ving Rhames and all that. So they're, they're wearing the same uniform. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they're taking off and he gets on the motorcycle and then John Cusack gets on the motorcycle next to him. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Come on. Were you surprised? Is... It's silly and bombastic. Of course they're going to get on twin motorcycles together. I'm surprised because John Cusack is not the action hero of this movie. <laughs> like, it's it's just like he's been doing some stunty stuff, I guess, like yeah. that. Like, I mean, he, but... he's a bumbling sidekick, but then, you know. You need two yeah. action heroes to take down Cyrus the Virus and Swamp Thing. And, uh, oh, what's Fingerham's character's name? Uh, Diamond, Diamond Dog. Dog. Diamond yeah. Dogs. Didi. What From Melgar Solid. Didi. Oh, the dog. yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. And that's a reference to something in Metal Gear. But it's not the movie Con Air. Yeah. Um, can I ask you guys a fire, uh, fire engine, fire truck question that may make me sound stupid? I might be an expert because I live down the street from a fire station. Exactly. That's expert. what I'm looking for. Do those things just have water on them? Because I always assume that the water came from the hydrants, you know. I think there is a supply of water within them, but also they use hydrants. Yeah. Okay. I believe there is a reservoir within the truck, but I am not an expert. I did okay. tour a fire station whenever I was maybe six years old. I think that's a standard American uh, tradition of like, oh, you're in first grade? We're going to go on a, a field trip to a fire station. Yeah, and if you're of a certain age, we're going to watch Remember the Titans every year in one of your social studies classes because the teacher is a coach and they're just going to play it forever oh, my teacher showed us uh my favorite teacher of all time actually he showed us gladiator that's, you studies. talked about that <laughs> on a previous episode and that's still so weird to me and the patriot and uh a couple other like weirdly uh, we were soldiers the mel gibson movie <laughs> so weird oh he liked mel gibson uh yeah, this guy was well Mary pointed out he's very he was very conservative, and I just never really thought about that because he's the reason I love history, and like got and wanted to like, uh, like, learn and go to college and stuff. Like he was a big inspiration on me, but uh, it took me a long time to be like, oh, he was also extremely conservative, and it never really clicked clicked into place. And then she pointed out some extremely obvious things that's like, oh, no shit, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you have, like, that aha moment where you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that is that is clearly what that is. Yeah. Well, the rest in peace. Uh, he was a great teacher. A lot of people loved him. Uh-huh. And somehow you're not a conservative. How does that work? Uh, I don't know. You are suspect. Anyways, Diamond Dogs is a reference to a... Uh, David Bowie song. I know they've 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 the it opens with the song from Diamond Dogs, or or the first one open or the other one opens with David Bowie's song. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Part five opens with the man who sold the world, uh, which is which... probably more famous with people because of the uh, Nirvana, Nirvana um, cover. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ground Zero I think opens with a Bowie song too. Because there's a little boy who like has like a cassette thing and is 
Yeah, Chico. Yeah. Yeah, we could do Metal... I could do Metal Gear talk all day. Okay, one last question about Con Air. How the fuck did John Malkovich enter... End up underneath that rock crusher. Where did that rock crusher come from? What the what, what happened? Yeah, I actually had a note where it's just like I actually don't get the ending. Like I don't get the just logistically how it happened. I don't uh, understand. Jerry Bruckheimer wanted explosions and excitement. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, yeah, we got that. But yeah, I don't understand the. I feel Why like there's there, a scene missing. How he under, yeah, how he winds up under it. Don't understand. No idea. Do I like it? Yeah, it's fine. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It, uh, maybe it could have been like, you know, like the giant spy in Wild Water West. Like someone was like, well, we got to get a rock crusher in this movie. There's no, <laughs> there's no other ways the movie will be made. We need a rock crusher. Listen, we spoke to the Rock Crusher Union, and uh, we've we've held them off for too long. We got to put them in this movie, okay? Like Jerry just had a big whiteboard, <laughs> and he just wrote a bunch of like these are the things I want you to hit. Like I do, yes, explosions. I want a plane crash. I yeah, like Rock Crusher. Put it on the board. Yeah, it's it's a spectacular way for a person to die. Yeah, I love the the reveal at the end that Carlin Green got away which is in this context really fun but when you think about it longer it's like oh that's directly terrifying yeah are we, super creepy and are we the, to assume he's recovered no 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 he I take like, it that he's he's scot-free yeah he's gonna uh you know become like no like no this, I meant this, recovered like he is a uh, because he let that little girl live. I think we're supposed to see like, oh, oh. he might be, he might be changing. This no, could have I, easily. He's turned, not reformed. Yeah, this easily could have been like a uh, turn to like the sequel could have been like a revival of Colstrike to Night Stalker. Um, the crap stealer that's dealing to him at the end is the screenwriter Scott Rosenberg. And I had to note, just because I don't know when I will ever talk about this again, or not that Scott Rosenberg's career isn't interesting, he did Disturbing Behaviors, which is a movie I really like. He did Beautiful Girls, High Fidelity, but he did the original screenplay for Kangaroo Jack, which I don't know if either of you know about this, but that movie originally was supposed to be like a mobster comedy, hard R, raunchy, sex drugs, debauchery, and there was one scene in it that had a kangaroo and whenever they were doing cuts of the film they're like this isn't really working go ahead and run with the kangaroo and they turned it into a film about an animated kangaroo it was kind oh, of amazing like, I it was know. supposed to be like I, mid I, it was supposed to be like midnight run originally i was it's one of the wild. kids that fell for it <laughs> and trust me yeah. that, that that sleepover all of us were disappointed no one was happy at the end of the movie. We're I just, like, we thought it would be a successful marketing campaign. I know. We were like, well, the rapping kangaroo. And <laughs> when you're, you know, 10, 11, like. You're like, that's that is, the... that's what I want. Yeah. And you don't get it. You get, you're you like, get like two minutes. I don't know if Jerry O'Connell has this much appeal. What's going on here? No, but yeah, I, if you, I, yeah. if you ever want to have just like go down a, a weird rabbit hole, the background production of kangaroo 
Kinger Jack is kind of fascinating. I refuse to watch it. I I, I just realized <laughs> I it's still I'm still angry <laughs> that I was I was sold a lie. That's gonna be when you if it comes up you're gonna be like no. Uh well Michael Shan's in it so maybe. You you'd revisit. It's not an automatic veto necessarily. Correct. Yeah, Michael it has young Michael Shannon, which I'm kind of uh, vaguely interested. Although I, I doubt he does anything in it. Yeah. I just watched Groundhog Day. He's, oh yeah. yeah, he's in that. <laughs> he looks the Happy same. Happy young couple. Yeah, he does. <laughs> it's like six feet taller than everybody else in the movie, including his fiance. <laughs> yeah. Um, another weird discovery I found whenever I was doing like background on all of this. So Simon West, he did uh, Gone in 60 Seconds as well. And he did like Laura Croft, Tomb Raider. I think the internet would probably be most interested to know that he directed the music video for Never Gonna uh, Give You Up by Rick Astley. Oh. I know. That was one where whenever I saw that credit, I was like, wait, is he the, the director for the music video? He sure was. I just and- really like that tidbit. And Expendables 2. Expendables 2, the general's daughter. I think he did that. Mm. Oh, he did that. Um, oh, that really bad. Uh, oh, a When a Stranger Calls remake from, oh, yeah. from 2006. It's not good. I I vaguely remember that. I think someone now famous is in, was the lead in, if I can't remember. Maybe Mary. Mm-hmm. No, not Mary Lives Winstead. No, someone it's like her, Camilla it's, Bell. Yeah, it's Camilla Bell. Of. She's also in the. Oh, she's in Practical mm, Magic. I know where she is. She's a little girl in Practical Magic. Um, yeah. she's in. Is it like Quiet or something with? Uh, Malcolm <sighs> Bell. No, what is it? Um, I'm not gonna. I can't remember names right now. I'm totally there's worthless. A, there's a movie that the Flophouse covered called Quiet or the Quiet that was like one of the uh, movies that Hammer put out after it got revived, like ten years ago. And I mm-hmm. I bought the poster for it because uh, I was gonna go to see the Flophouse live. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and I forgot to bring the poster on mm-hmm. the train ride, and so I just have the poster for this horror movie that no one really cares or remembers. <laughs> Alicia Cuthbert, she's the one that's in that. That was going to drive me crazy. Not that it mattered at all. I just Uh, needed to say it. She's great. She's on Happy Endings, a great sitcom. Yeah, I I really like her. Tessa Thompson was in When a Stranger Calls, the crappy remake. That's interesting. Oh, I don't remember that, and I love Tessa. Of course, I've only seen it once, so. Clark Gregg. That's That's interesting. I would re if if that was one that came up on on this, I would rewatch it. But I just oh, remember sure. not caring for it. And mm-hmm. one of my all-time favorite actors, uh, Tommy Flanagan, who is, you know, Irish guy who plays all kinds of different roles, but he's he's the guy with the scar on his face. Um, that was in. Um, is he? Uh, he's in, in Braveheart. He, he's in Gladiator. Is he in Snatch? Uh, no. Mm-mm. No. In Braveheart, I thought for a second you were just gonna leave it as like he's like an Irish guy, and that's yeah. it. You're like, I love him. I'm sorry, he's Scottish. Yeah, so oh yeah. Don't 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 kill me, Tommy Flanagan. Yeah, he's got a really good look. I mm. like him a lot. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I take him on a date. Oh, that's not what you were saying. 
<laughs> no, I think him being casting him as the stranger is a good call, but that movie, it's not great. <laughs> Sorry, Simon West. He also directed another Flophouse film called Stolen. Oh, the other Nick Cage movie. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably why they work together. Yeah. By all accounts, Nick Cage is a fun guy to work with. Yeah. Uh, I love how intelligent he seems. Like, when people interview him, like, he's passionate about what he does. He doesn't care, like, that he's been in low-quality stuff. He, he'll he talk about whatever and what he, he found interesting in the role, if he found anything. And if he didn't, he's super complimentary to the people that participated. It's like, this is a world-class guy. Oh, Give yeah. him his T-Rex skull back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you think he hangs out with, like, his cousins? At all, like Jason Schwartzman and like uh, Sophia Coppola and Roman, or do you think Nick is like the weird one? I feel like he's probably. They probably don't hang out with him. I'm guessing. I have nothing to base this on, but yeah, he. I don't. He always seems so like. uh, There was a really good interview. I think it was whenever he was doing press rounds for Mandy, and. like he was wearing a crazy gold jacket looked amazing and he was just talking about someone had asked him something about vampires kiss and he like was talking about it so earnestly and it's just like that that's really cool like i like it because there are some people that's like don't i don't want to talk about my you know my stuff that's not good i don't or whatever that is it's like he's down to talk about whatever and he's really he just seems really humble and endearing i don't know i like nick cage yeah, if only he, you know, well, I, I like that he does interesting stuff, but in low budget stuff, I feel like, I mean, I don't feel like, it's because he's bad with his money, so he kind of oh, yeah, is, yeah. is forced into uh, <laughs> He has to, to do, do the, the paycheck, yeah. <laughs> and now I don't think he's actually getting, like, the, how he used to get paycheck films, it's kind of different now, so he just kind of takes whatever, but yeah. he still does he... really cool stuff. He just needs to do a pig every year, and I'm into it. I still haven't watched Pig. I'm. I feel like I'm gonna cry a lot. I hear yeah. it's great. When I heard, when I realized, oh, it's about an animal, in a in their, in their human. Nah, no. <sighs> yeah, and not I, interested. I, everyone said that he is fantastic in it. It's really good, and I want to watch it. But oh, yeah. animal. I, like, I gotta prepare myself. If it's about like a pet or whatever, like no, count me out. I don't. I don't need this in my life. I before I would watch John Wick, I which is not kidding. I mean, I'm I'm such a baby, but I waited to watch it. And everyone was talking about how amazing the action was, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm interested, but I just need to wait on it. So before I sat down to watch it, I looked up pictures of the dog that was in the movie to see mm-hmm. like how happy it was and thriving in its current life. So I'm like, okay, this is fine. I can do it, but it it was rough. Yeah, same reason <laughs> I've never seen Pointy's dog. This title, like, oh, a dog is in it? No, not interested. The dog's gonna die. I don't need this in my life. <laughs> but I just recently learned a dog does not die. Or at least, uh, Joel or you, you and Amanda were saying, like, that's not the bad part of the movie. There's no, like, dog, uh, uh, trauma, emotional trauma. Which, which one are we talking about? A boy and his dog. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. It's it's the uh, ra- the rape. Okay, so I don't have to worry about uh, uh, any sad animal stuff. I think the dog dies, but the dog's an asshole. Fuck that dog. 
<laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. I don't I don't remember the dog dies. But seriously, the dog is like you know, the dog has like a voice that you can hear and that the boy can hear and it's I think it's um ooh. like an up the Pixar movie. <laughs> yeah. Except it's a telekinetic dog. Oh, is that is that a reference and up to a boy and his dog? Yes, that that's also why the old man uh is looking for the last living women. What? I don't think so. I don't think that the possibly I think the everyone just wants yeah, everyone just wants their dog to talk to them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking yeah. it up. I've... Yeah, at, at at Disney World and Animal Kingdom, they're uh they're they do this bird uh this bird themed show where they have these like trained birds that were rescued and uh like you, you like it's really cool and at one point they changed it from just like general bird stuff into like now it's like up because they've went to like a jungle or something in the movie and there's like the 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 scout kid and i'll be honest i was a little obsessed like no it was perfect as is i don't need this this like movie tie-in i just want the birds i don't want up and then they <laughs> took out the the boy scout thing. It says back to birds. So, uh, a okay. Thank goodness. And if you're wondering, do I go to that every time I'm there? Yeah, at least once. You're one of those Disney adults. Ooh, hot topic. Yeah, Let's I also go to out. the the stunt sh- the Indiana Jones stunt show every time, even though the people I go with don't like it. <laughs> I have to. It's the best. It's not a thing we have in California. Not that I live in California anymore, but when I, I did, it didn't exist. Yeah. I've never seen an Indiana Jones movie, but I've seen that stunt show like five times. <laughs> so does anybody else have anything else to say about this air con? It rules. <sighs> air conditioner. Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars, saying... Move smoothly with visual style and verbal wit. I don't really believe in like star ratings, but I would I say that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised he liked it because if I, I like know. something, usually it means he doesn't <laughs> yeah, like I it. I know. Whenever I read that, I was like, wow, that's shocking to me. But yeah, he liked it. I like this movie. Again, it's, it's Die Hard on a Plane. It's big, dumb fun, yeah. but... Yeah, that's it. The action in it is very fun. If you haven't seen it for a while or you've never seen it before, don't let the first little rain sequence get in the way of your enjoyment. Just get past it. It's yeah. it's really fun. Yeah, I'd say uh, if you have to go with a plain action movie from the '90s, you can skip Patrick Fifty Seven. <laughs> you can watch this one instead. Uh, and there's a well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say the, 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 also the Harrison Ford one, but you know Air no. Force One. It's, yeah, but uh, I rewatched uh, it. It's not. It's not as fun as this, to be clear, but it's still pretty fun. Yeah, but uh, no, this movie rules. It's awesome. Uh, I love amplified silly Nick Cage. Uh, th- there are some gloriously stupid lines in this that <laughs> generally made me laugh. And uh, yeah, this movie is so much fun. It, it's a breezy two hours. It's incredibly watchable. If you yeah. haven't watched it in a while, 
you should watch it. If you had to choose between Con Air and, say, Armageddon, I think I would rather watch Con Air because Armageddon is has Ben Affleck. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't know. But no, no, Con... con I, I, hmm. It's okay to like a movie. Okay. And uh, if we're going to do the plugs now, I want to get get to this before I forget. Uh, Grumpire, uh, head grump of Grumpire LB, asked me to do a blurb for their action movie roundup at the end of the month. Uh, for this, uh, she asked me to do one for an Indian action movie, Vikram. Uh, that just came out. Uh, so I'm going to have my first thing on Grumpire uh, published kind of soon. And I have another thing uh, I'm working on for Grumpire right now. All right. Mel, you want to plug anything? Uh, well, I don't know when this is going to come out. Um, tomorrow. Tomorrow. For, perfect. Not really. Um, yeah, I assume whenever... It, let's see. We would be... Things we have coming up. Uh, we did an episode that will come out either this week or next week. Um, again, not to, to put a timestamp on this thing, but we did Come Drink With Me on uh, Cinema Parlor and then we have my birthday pick coming up, which is The Last Shark. It's an insanely fun Italian shark film that stars James Franciscus. I can't recommend it enough. It's super, super fun, and uh, we'll have a good time with that. And then we're doing Invasion USA and RoboCop. I think that's everything we have coming up within the next like little bit. The cinematographer for Invasion USA was interviewed on the Rialto Report. He worked in porn uh, before he worked in mainstream movies. Yeah, Nolan's had a kind of gone down a rabbit hole mm. of people that have either started in porn and then branched out, which is a lot of a ton of creators, and then um, also the reverse of that, where people that started out and like doing legitimate, quote unquote, mm. legitimate films that ended up in porn. And is he's been telling me about like what he's reading and watching it's really interesting yeah the guy he worked he was joe zito's guy he did that friday, friday thir- yeah whoever friday friday 13th joe zito directed the yeah. deep folk guy uh was the cinematographer on he he is brazilian he has that weird brazilian brazilian name that's like j-a-o-a or uh j-o-a-o it's one it's a name i, I always forget how you say it but uh Fairly interesting career. Mm. And Joe Zito is really an interesting filmmaker as well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, I'm going to be on... uh, This month I record my Grind Ben... Maybe fourth one? Fifth one? I can't remember how many times I've been on. uh, On Cyberjack, a.k.a. Virtual Assassins, a.k.a. Die Hard, mixed with Blade Runner, but starring Michael Dudikoff. And it's on Tubi. I love this movie. Uh, Brian James is in it. So we have a, a double uh, Blade Runner connection. And uh, yeah, this movie rules. <laughs> yeah, it does rule. I don't know what you're talking about, but Brian James in general, I'm all in see, on. If you want Brian James as a villain calling Shakespeare, uh, watch Cyberjack. 
It's never been a desire of mine. But I'll watch it anyways. Uh, pretty soon, a old classic called Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space is going to be back in a brand new form. My former co-hosts all found lives or something like that. I'm not clear on what their problem is, but I asked them permission, and they gave me their blessing to start it myself. So instead of uh, three jokesters joking around with joking movies... It's going to be me talking to individuals about the movie of their choice, and it's going to be half interview, talk about what they like about sci-fi and, you know, stuff like that. Like, I'll come up with questions probably. I don't know. And we'll also be talking to the movie of their choice. And if I can get it going, I want to try to get it up to once a week. But uh, for now, tentatively, we'll, it's, we'll talk on a, like a two-week, every two-week episode basement. Uh, basement? Basement. <laughs> Basis is what Am I meant to Am I going to be on it? I don't know. I didn't invite you, did I? Oh, I'm just kidding. Spencer's going to be the first guest, but like, you don't have to like... sounds like you're not going to be on it whenever you... Announce it to everybody right now. Like, I want it to be a surprise. Okay. Jesus. Anyways, pdsmios.com is a website where all the back episodes are. It's, it's also still on all of the you know, I Apple Podcast and Stitcher and all that stuff like that, and new episodes coming soon to your ear holes. Um, I'm also still doing all my video game stuff. That's JDT Games. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I usually post about that stuff, and uh, on Twitch and on YouTube and all the other social medias, I am JDT Games underscore K, as in kite C as in city d as in diva kite city divas my new novel no that's it that's it okay so uh next episode uh we're not going to announce it because we never do that but uh, if you are interested in finding out what the next movie we're going to talk mostly we we did a lot of con air talk on this i'm actually rather impressed you have to tell me uh, what the next movie is i forgot already yeah i, I can't remember oh I'll tell you after the recording. Yeah, or, that you're like, you can pay a dollar and go on you Patreon pay, and you can listen to it for yourselves. Exactly. <laughs> you degenerate. Pay a single dollar for the price of one dollar. <laughs> you can listen to an episode where we talk about all four of the picks that we made for this series. And then there were previous pick episodes. And one special episode about ladies from Salt Lake who are married and stay in their house. Something like that. Yeah. A very entertaining episode, I hope, about the Housewives of Salt Lake City, which is um, Spencer's favorite show? Uh, no. Uh, there's a new Housewives series. This one, Dubai. Oh my gosh, Spencer, I have to tell you something real quick. Mm-hmm. My, all of my, every time we talk about these Housewives, mm-hmm. my, all of my advertisements go crazy all of my YouTube mm-hmm. suggestions turn into, so I knew about the Housewives of Dubai, and mm-hmm. I almost screenshot it, like, a bunch of stuff to send to you, and it was like, mm-hmm. he knows. I don't have to, he knows about it. He's aware. Yeah, if yeah. I know, he knows. Yeah, I'm fully aware. <laughs> and Mary and I started the new season of Bling Empire. That's the Asian reality show on Netflix. I the thought you said that one wasn't that good. It's terrible, and uh, we're Why not going to continue. watching it? Okay. Uh, it's... It's it's the worst. It's not worth watching. 
That's a bummer. Yep. But we'll all get by if we can. Thanks for hanging out with me and talking about Con Air, you too. As for you listeners, remember, if you don't listen to the next episode, you'll never find out where I left the bomb in your house. Mm-hmm.